God. I was not sounding like that. You are making that up. I'm not making anything up. You are making it up. Welcome to the Why Aren't You Famous podcast with Andrew Grimm and Ellen Cherry. I'm Andrew Grimm and... We! I'm Ellen Cherry. She's Ellen Cherry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this ongoing podcast of 24 episodes follows our our uh, action-packed adventure in figuring out why exactly it is that we're not famous, nor will we ever be famous. Yay! Huzzah! Huzzah for fame. Here, clink, clink oh, to clink. Con- um, continued obscurity. Yes. Long may we run under the radar. Yes. <laughs> All mm. right, so, how have mm. you been? We've both had some adventures this week. We have had adventures this week. I don't know if I really want to talk about my adventure as much. Okay. I don't want to talk about my adventure at all because it wasn't really adventurous. And <laughs> it wasn't. One of the most psychologically, emotionally destroying weeks of my life thus far. And guess what? I ended it by having my period. Ooh. I know how much you love to talk about that. Yep. That... <laughs> so I thought we would just start with it at the top. Okay. All right. Like, it should be like a commercial, like, how do you like to end a terrible week where you feel... Like your heart is breaking constantly every day, and then you have to do some stuff. Please zip up your pants. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oops. Why don't you end it by um, a stiff drink and bleeding internally? Hmm. Terrible menstrual cramps. And But hey, I'm here Ooh, now. You are here now. I'm seeing your lovely face. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you gave me a present, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Dear listeners, listen to this creative piece of wizardry that andrew Grimm has <laughs> wizardry <laughs> my... but be prepared to be disappointed by what we think is wizardry no it's really exciting sort of exciting because one of the challenges of um trying to sell the remaining cds that i have that i'm never going to print any more of is like oh, yeah. how to display them at shows in it's a true. creative and interesting way where i'm not stressed out and they're like all spread out over a table and so last night um exiting a building Grimm took legally took. no 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 oh. I, I got months before i got these. you got permission these were given to me yes okay. no I, <laughs> I didn't walk out with stuff. you didn't steal something no two mobile voting booths that we will now be using for our merch tables which is exciting because mm-hmm. like there's nothing better than getting a free present that you actually need and want right so See. that's really good yeah and uh certainly we can challenge the notions of voter fraud and uh <laughs> hanging chads uh, through our uh, oh. through our, our mobile diebold voting booths that have power. When was the hanging Chad thing? Was that, that the two thousand? Oh yeah. my god, that was almost twenty years ago, and we're still yeah. talking about still it. Still talking about it, yeah. Because everyone's still devastated. Yeah, and everybody started a band called Hanging Chad. <laughs> Chads around the world were really they were upset. A little upset. Yeah, yeah, the country of Chad. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of those. That's one of those countries in Africa, right? It is. <laughs> You want to say more? No. Where where it is? No, I'm just like let's on, just leave it there. Of, we, on we on know. behalf of America, Chad, I want to apologize for things that may have been said about dispar- you know, disparaging words because of our stupid election in 2000. Important but stupid election. Well, I was thinking more of the comments that came out, you know, two weeks ago about uh, shithole countries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that listen, again. Listen to the deep resignation. Oh, uh, uh, hey, that. Oh. I had just I had just recently forgotten that. But yeah, well, um, okay, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking about the economics of fame, which is something that both of us agreed we had no idea what, we're <laughs> what we had been thinking. So much like an episode, maybe five episodes ago, we mm-hmm. also um, are dealing with our own economics of time and yes. energy yes, and having to have like your life going on in addition to trying to make a living as an artist. And so mm. we decided to eschew the essays this right. week because we didn't understand the topic, even though we assigned it ourselves. Yes, that's true. Um, and so we just decided to chat and rap about the economics of fame. Chat and rap. Rap. I'm sorry. I was thinking about Chap and Rat. Chap and Rat. Chap and Rat. Oh, I saw those guys. Uh, they opened up for uh, Pig Fat and uh, uh, Belly Itcher in 96 oh. at the Rev. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool. So why don't you start with <laughs> your ideas about the economics of fame? I'm just going to gloss over that. Okay. You look like you're about to glaze over anyhow. I'm, so, I'm in so much pain right now. Like oh, you man. don't even know. 
Well, so this is amazing that I can even sit upright and like. You're not sitting upright. Okay, sit at a 45 degree angle. Uh-huh. That's a little bit better. And um, form a thought. Oh, <clears throat> but okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna power through. You power through, girl. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so one of the ideas I had when um, I was gonna I was thinking about writing the essay was how you know we associate fame with with money like because you're famous you're gonna have lots of money and you know I think that's when we originally kind of bandied about the the ideas and we started laying them out you know there's that I, that's why economics to me seemed to be something interesting because yeah. we, we we put a dollar value with with success and then we put a, a even larger um not maybe not maybe not a dollar value but a dollar value expectation yeah that somebody who is famous has some sort of financial security but yeah. i think if you if you dig through the um if you dig through the, the the fine print on their contracts you know they have there's insurance costs that we don't understand about there are lawyer fees that we don't understand about there's management fees there's yeah you know everybody's got their hands in your cookie jar and by the end you know you have a couple crumbs and maybe a, a smidge of a chocolate chip left um, and the wisest, it seems, um, take any successful project where they may have actually gotten paid a large sum and invest it, yeah. you know, and, and understand that. Or they have a manager who advises them. But I mean. Right. But even then, that's kind of like a tricky thing because some of their managers or the their money people are crooked as hell. Yeah. So that's sort of like the story, right, is the idea that you have lots of money and then you we think that you're living some type of lavish lifestyle. You might be living a lavish lifestyle, but the, it's an economy of scale because you are supporting, you know, maybe, um, what's her name? Miley Cyrus, you know, what does her entourage actually cost? Sure. Or, or I remember watching, there was an interesting, I thought, um, Katy Perry, like, um, mm. tour documentary about when she was breaking up with Russell Brand and, um, and it showed all that goes under the production of her shows, including like, the amount of support staff that she has, oh, you know, sure. vocal co- coach and somebody to cook for you, oh, stretch. Vocal couch. Sorry, I meant to say coach. She had to lay, lay on that vocal couch for a while and be like, oh, hey, why me? Vocal coach. Um, you this know, like, is my sleep song. <laughs> somebody who trains you, somebody who feeds you, somebody who actually sits there and filters out people from coming and sucking right. all of your time and energy. And then you're paying your entire crew, which is like, you know, she's probably traveling with about like 300 people. Yeah, and she even, um, I thought one of the interesting things about that documentary, too, was that she had a friend who ended up being a clothes designer who ended up designing these really interesting costumes that she wore for this tour where she had costume changes on stage in front of the audience, which they were incredible. They were, like, dual-sided dresses that, like, something would come down and the dress would, like, flip. Hmm. It was insane. And there's a person who she knew from when she was a songwriter for Taxi, and a song chooser wow, for taxi. taxi. I hadn't thought about taxi. Yeah, in Katy years. Perry. Katy Perry worked for Taxi for a long time, and um, oh, or not a long time, but for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that's true. And I'm remembering correctly. But a friend who was with her then, and she was like, she you know she brought people along with her, but they're also become salaried employees, and so right. like for her to ha- be going through a painful split from her husband at the time of the tour, she can't just be like going through a tough time and to take a couple months off. <laughs> See ya. I'm because do, millions I'm do of dollars. I'm solo acoustic open mic down at, uh, <laughs> down, 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 at down at Mick O'Shea's. I'm, I, gotta, I gotta play there. Someone's gonna yell at me for, for an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh man. So you can't just do that because there's a lot of people depending on you. So I understand that economy mm-hmm. of scale. But then people, I think, also look, because I've, I've definitely fielded this question over, um, this query over the years of, oh, so you're making a living at it. Oh, you're a musician and you're making a living at it? And my response has always been, I make a lean living. Yeah. You know, it's a lean living. And then I always, you know, I'm because I'm, I have some issues to work out, I was trying to make other people feel the most comfortable in the mm-hmm. situation. So I'm just like, but it has all these great trade-offs, you know, and like I meet all these interesting people and I get to travel and, mm. you know, it's not lonely at all. doesn't destroy relationships, doesn't do this, you know, like. It's completely secure. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I never feel like I'm about to fall off the edge because I'm constantly worried about money. Um, but at least you're doing what you want to do. I'm following my bliss. Fall on it. Your bliss. It's so blissful. Um, <laughs> but the idea that, like, so we should break down, um, like, 
talk about your show on Thursday. Oh yeah, that was Grim, awesome. Grim played a show at the Wind Up Space in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and um, I would like to hear like, you know, you have a five piece band, and you didn't pay them for rehearsals. How many rehearsals Ooh. went into that show? Oh my lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did we did seven rehearsals. Yeah, I think for that. How many hours was each of those rehearsals? Uh, about two. Okay, so that's thirty. 14 hours right there yeah 14 hours times times five, five people, people which mm-hmm. is 90 hours of human capital put into mm-hmm. i think that's the correct math um wait, 50 20 no 70 sorry 70 hours now oh, what's the difference 20 it the, felt, it felt the difference like, is 20 i can felt, actually tell you felt, that it felt, it felt like, like 90 hours it felt, it felt like 90 hours but okay so 70 hours of human capital put into mm-hmm. um you know, a 50 minute set yep. and, um, there was a $10 cover charge. $10 cover. And, um, how much, how much time did you put into promotion? Um, I probably spent about four or five hours personally okay. promoting it. So we, now we're up to 75 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to get there and gas mm-hmm. money for everyone to drive from their own homes. Yep. Um, yep. it's a huge commitment of time for everybody involved because you have to do sound checks several hours before the show so yep. even mm-hmm. the day of the show is a good six hours usually of commitment you show right. up at five you're done by 11 or 12 right right um and everybody else uh well at least uh ryan kurt and greta all have family yeah so they ha- may have to find babysitters or people to take mm-hmm. care of children um so you have a huge amount of um time investment in this um as well as actual hard costs like paying somebody to watch your children or you have to take uh, if you have a day job you have to take off time from work to do that mm-hmm. and um you did five hours of promotion for it and what was the door what was the take at the door the take at the door was 160 dollars. okay so that's after sound and doorman were paid for right uh no that was uh that was before before okay yeah so even that, if we didn't have <laughs> friends who would do that stuff for us, there's right. like a pull from that. Which, you know, we had we had we had Sean as our sound guy. Yep. And we had Mike Cager, who's an awesome door guy, door bouncer guy, was our was our was our door dude. Yeah. Um and uh any show that I book is uh, the sound gets a hundred dollars. Yeah. And usually the sound guy's like, you know, for when I work sound you know, I'm I'm there. I'm paying attention. I am I am on the clock, from the time I get there to the time I leave. I don't like you know go to the bar and get a couple beers and ignore what's going on or put some sort of awful reverb on somebody's voice and be like that sounds great. You oh, know, you're working. And so the people who I hire for my shows are the same way. Yeah. And Mike is uh as as he it's North Avenue. You better have a bouncer. Yeah. And uh so and Mike is uh we paid Mike eighty bucks. Out of the 160. Well, Mike took 60. Okay. So then there's 100 bucks left. And 100 bucks went to Sean. Okay. So there's zero dollars. Zero dollars. For that show, for the band. For the band. And not only my band. But the other two bands on the bill. The other two bands on the bill as well. Which was Big Mama Shakes, and they were from Richmond. And they had to drive back to Richmond that night without any money. Yeah. Um, And Kevin Johnson, who lives in Baltimore, but... He's just kind of getting his 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 um, his performance legs back. He's just now starting to kind of like do more stuff. Yeah. But I mean, even then, it's like, you know, nobody... it would be nice to have a paid rehearsal, especially if you're coming all the way from DC. Like, it would be mm-hmm. nice to like have everybody in your five piece band walk away with at least twenty bucks for gas. Yep. So it was a basically a volunteer show for the musicians, mm-hmm. and that. I think that's a pretty common experience for the two of us. Sure. Despite the fact that I feel like both of us have worked for a really long time to establish a base in Baltimore, it's just difficult to get people to come out even for as cheap a cover charge as $10. $10 for three bands. Show started at 8.30. Yeah, so it was a little bit earlier than A little normal. bit earlier than I normal. think it should still, we should actually, I'm going to say this, we should be starting shows even earlier during the week. Mm-hmm. 7.30 show time. But, Listen uh, up, clubs. But, you know, it's like, uh, I, and even if we had made money, I would have paid everybody before paying myself. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was kind of a lose-lose situation. And I don't, you know, this is not about like, oh, this is all like, this is the problem with America. And, you know, but it, that's like the nature of the, the business. So, yeah. 
So when somebody says to me, well, at least you're doing what you love. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. At least I, you, you're right. I don't have any money for food, but I'm doing what I love. Yeah. And, and this is me being a little sarcastic, just slightly. I've been known to do this. From time to time. You know, the songs aren't very good. And I'm not a good musician. So therefore, maybe if I was better, yeah. more people would show up. Which is usually the argument people, you know, cynical internet trolls would have. Yeah. But well, if like, you didn't suck, then you would have an audience there, right. a paying audience. But that's not true either. No. I think it's like you... And this is one of those things that like you hear when you're starting out and you and you aspire to do it, which is like be nice to every single bouncer and yep. every single club owner as you are building your career. Because those people that you're going to see at places like Autobar, Metro Gallery, Wind Up Space in Baltimore, you're going to be seeing them as you ascend and then also as you descend. <laughs> yes. You know? Yep. And so like it's important to maintain at least, you know, a modicum of kindness and and connection in some ways to those people because they're also grinding not too i mean like that's i don't know what the solution is except for sponsorship i honestly feel like that like that's one of the things that you and i have been discussing about this tour is mm -hmm. that they when i look at how our tour is shaping up there's definitely some shows that we have booked that are going to be like helping us not go come back we like losing money on right it. we might break even might break even right. but but that's probably only a handful of shows that are going to cover the costs of everything and right. so i started thinking you know a couple weeks ago like we need to raise tour money which we're going to work on today um doing a little indiegogo video and campaign just to raise money for gas and and hotels because this is the other thing um when i first toured in 1998 it was like just we were flying by the seat of our pants and I continue mm. to do that for probably another good 10 to 12 years probably up until 2010 I would ask for places to stay mm -hmm. on stage or yep. stay with friends <laughs> or stay in weird basements of people that we sort of knew that had run the open mic or you know like ah John don't say him by don't say it by <laughs> name because don't I'll bleep it out <laughs> Yeah, I'm good at that. You are good. I've at that. learned how to edit these things. Good. Um, it's yeah. So, but around that time, I just thought, I I can tolerate doing that on tour, but I have to have a break. I have to have a hot shower. I have to have an actual bed in a hotel, and mm -hmm. and I need that because you just need a break. And also, as much as I love staying with people, it's. This I think we've talked about this in this podcast before, and this is going to sound very familiar to I think to touring musicians is that it's great to have that support and have somebody say like, "Hey, you can stay at my place, it'll save money, mm -hmm. and I'll feed you breakfast and dinner, blah blah blah." But that means that your show starts from the showtime and it goes through <laughs> the after conversation that lasts till one in the morning, and then you get up and have breakfast with them, and you're still on in a way, yeah, yeah. and it's like extra taxing and um, can be. It just doesn't make it like there needs. I need to have solo time. I need to have alone time. So we're raising money you, for that. You need Ellen Cherry time. I need Ellen Cherry time. Me time. <laughs> I, need to, I need to luxuriate in a Ramada in shower for a while. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too, because sometimes you just really want to take like a half an hour shower and mm. waste the Earth's resources. Mm. Um, or spend them. My shower's going right now. <laughs> is that good? And you don't want to do that to some person who graciously is like yeah, let yeah. you stay in their house, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're like. It was great they stay with tickling these on the hot water. <laughs> That's what I imagine people saying, so I don't ever do it. That's, and I don't feel like Well your friends sound weird. I don't feel like I deserve it. <laughs> no. So that's part of the economy of touring is just the idea that like we if we're having this much of a struggle in our own hometown, yeah. The the struggle to to make the money part work on the on the road is even going to be harder because you you really do have to be in a community to establish yourself and and we are I mean we're I think we're doing smart things which is connecting with other musicians along the way like Matt Monta mm -hmm. who's the guy in, D in Detroit oh dupe dupe the man um he's who, the man awesome who have I love that guy good I can't wait to experience your love 
Hmm, interesting way of putting it. Okay, what I meant was witness your experience of that love. That's what uh, I meant. Okay. Okay, edit that part out. Nope. Just <laughs> um, getting hot in here. <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually quite chilly. That's why I'm wearing. My, you're wearing my clothes. I'm wearing your clothes because I thought I was dressed for the studio today, but it's actually a little bit chillier than. I'm. I'm it's at 59 right now. It's okay. It's just because I'm bleeding internally. Oh. Ew. I'm gonna bring it up, and that way you're gonna get comfortable with it. Yeah. Because okay. I'm deeply uncomfortable right now, and I'm in a lot of pain. Um. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's distracting me from heartbreak. <laughs> Thank you, menstruation, for distracting me from. Terrible, terrible heartache. <laughs> and I want to thank my dear friend Andrew Grimm for. I was just gonna let you just roll. No, don't don't let me roll. I've been talking now for a good six minutes, so you talk. Okay, what were you, you were gonna thank me for something? For being my good friend and for uh, helping me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You're listening welcome. to me and also being able to um, stand outside of my life. And <laughs> you, you realize that nobody listening to this podcast understands. I know what on earth you're talking about. I'm okay. fi- everybody i'm fine i'm we're, fine <laughs> we're gonna redirect a little bit yes please let's pivot um well and and the the economy of those things as well like if you uh the other thing i had thought about when coming up with the idea um was how you know record sales or uh well i guess you know how you move units when when you're big and famous or whatever that there's a you know, there's you're you're advanced the money by the record company, mm-hmm. and you have to pay that back. So even if they say, yeah, we're gonna give you a contract for like a million dollars, and like you know, you have to take care of your expenses. You start looking at what that that is. It's like, well, you have to use that. They're gonna say that you have to use this studio, and then you have to use this producer. Well, that studio is, you know, a month in there is gonna be two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then that that producer is $200,000. So before you know it, you're already like, you know, $500,000 in the hole. Yeah. And, you, and you have to, and, and that's that's um, basically lent to you uh, versus like album sales. So you have to sell, you know, X amount of uh, dollars or X amount of units in order to make that money back to, just to break even before you do anything else. That, yes. And that's what happened to... That's what uh, I remember watching. Like the the eye opening stuff on that was watching uh, the Dixie Chicks uh, behind the music. Oh, the, did they talk about it? They did. They were they were they were, they they were really funny about it. They said they said, well, let's just let you know how this you know this is how that works. But we don't care about those things. All we care about is the touring aspect because that's where we make our money. Yeah. You know, and they had I think they had something in their contract that. Um, that all the merch was, they had 100% control of their merchandise. Yeah. At the other at the, at at venues. The, at the venues, yeah. So the, well, and venues, I mean, we're not on that level where venues take 20%. No, but I have been. I mean, if you I've play had that Ramshead Live, yeah. because they have a person who's selling your merch and they take like 10 or 15%. Yep. I, I, and that's why when you go there and you, you buy a t shirt and the t shirt's like $60, well, that's because in order for the band to make any money off it, they have to jack the cost up because you have the venues grabbing a part of it if it's a record label that has part of that yeah. they're, they're gonna they're gonna bleed you dry that way and so you know once again you, you, uh, who's the other band that um uh who's it don't go chasing waterfalls tlc tlc yeah tlc talked about that too they talked about how like how could they be stone cold broke when they have like all these like you know platinum selling records and they, they uh, i think it was chili went through it might have been left eye lopez but i think it was chili went through line by line their she's, budget she's or like, here's how this works yeah the breakout of costs you know it's like people think that we're we're living large but they're like well we all live in apartments yeah we, you know we could be on mtv we could be on heavy rotation as much as you want but we don't get it we don't see a dime from that it's interesting because when you were talking about the dixie chicks um documentary tour documentary i was I and like that was the first time that you had actually like seen it broken out like that where mm-hmm. somebody explained it this is how it, this is the reality of the situation the first time that actually happened to me was with a musician named Shannon McNally who I had oh, yeah. played with in um she's from Texas isn't she I don't know I had played with her in New Orleans when she was living in LA or Nashville or something and then she toured through and we played a show where we were like co-billing and then she played out at the Rams head on stage. Um, this has got to be like eight or 10 years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. And they asked me to open for her. 
So I went down and opened for her. Um, and we were sitting in the green room talking about it because the reason she was touring is that she had just gotten signed to some label. Um, I don't. I think it was Blue Note. It might have been Blue Note because it was after the... Um, she was on Bloodshot for a while, I thought. Nora Jones. Oh. Thing. I don't remember. Anyway, she had an album coming out, so she was on this tour to promote it. And it was coming out, like it was a Wednesday night show, and she was like, it's coming out Friday or something. And we're sitting there talking about it because, oh, I remember what year it was. It was probably 2002 because I put this album together called The Ellen Cherry Primer. Oh, I have a copy of that. And um, it was uh, it was that year because we were putting out the album finally and like my album and her album were coming out at the, roughly the same time oh. and we were talking and she said something like she's like oh yeah I did the numbers and I have to sell oh this is what it was <laughs> she was in um, I was just randomly in like Barnes and Noble remember those when we had Barnes yeah. and Noble and I was looking through magazines and she was in some women's magazine there was a little blurb about Shannon McNally and her show her tour and also like her new album coming out, like a promo piece, just a little splashy piece, whatever. And then I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to see her next week. And I mentioned seeing her in this like national women's magazine. It was like Cosmo or something right. like that, Glamour. And I was like, cool, congratulations. You know, it's her press agent who did, did that. Yeah. Um, and she just. Someone that she paid to do it. Yes. She <laughs> said to me, yeah, I did the math. And on this record, it was something insane. She's like, the f- I need to sell the length of the promotional period that they're putting into this album, I have to sell 138,000 albums a day. A day? To make it, to make it break even. And I, and, and I was just like, and I remember selling her and I was like, oh, I have to sell a thousand albums total to break even on my cost. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, man, mine seems so much more achievable yeah. like i'm not gonna lose money on this record because like over time i'll be able to sell at least right. a thousand copies right. of it. or you're not gonna lose shannon mcnally money yeah it was something insane Jeez, like that that's, that's crazy or no, no it wasn't 138 it was like seventeen thousand units a day that's what okay, it was. okay, okay, so okay. i exaggerated sorry but still right. that's a lot it was 17 I mean, for or 18,000 units independent per day brains yeah and i remember hearing that i'm sorry i, didn't, I misspoke well, i was like wow what kind of do they record it on mars <laughs> no 17 or eighteen thousand copies a day a and day. i and i just remember thinking like oh my god like how are you dealing with the stress and i don't know what shannon mcnally is doing now she's playing she's she? yeah, yeah she's got a record she um good i'm glad well she's I also thought she had a really good voice but she's also getting that um i don't know if this is true but I, I would assume that she's she's probably getting some residual attention from the, like the resurgent like the 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 end of bro country and the beginning of legit country coming back in mainstream gotcha because of uh maren morris and casey musgraves and um margo price uh, but she's also she was on the circuit. She op- I I saw her when she opened for Sunvolt in two thousand eight. I think I think she was on that bill. Um, and then she was also opening for somebody else. I remember I I've never met her, but um, she's been in those circles. Yeah. And so you know, with Jason Isbell and all those guys, like I think that there's um. A little renaissance going on. A little bit until it's murdered by corporate America. <laughs> but still, think about that because at the time, in 2002, I would have been, how long ago was that? 16 years ago. So I yeah. would have been in my late 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And she was around the same age. Maybe maybe she's a little bit older, like one year older or something, or maybe younger. I don't know. But the pressure of thinking about yeah. like you have to, to keep that ship afloat. Yeah, like me, selling seventeen thousand units. Let me, a day. let me let me think about selling seventeen records a day. <laughs> I, I mean, like I think would, of how happy you would be if you sold seventeen records a day. I would be. Uh, You'd be like, I am getting. I don't. I don't have to buy the frozen peas this week. <laughs> I'm buying the fresh peas. I'm buying fresh peas. What? On this one. This is crazy. So that kind of like when you, I mean, at that. I think I had just decided to become a full-time musician at that time. I, or I was like... I, I'd almost, After hearing that obstacle, you're like... Hmm. I think I had just lost my job or something. And uh, I was like, yeah. supposed to, I was going to be attempting to be a musician full-time. And it was so funny because I remember thinking like, oh my God, I don't ever want to go that route. And I think that maybe I, 
I sort of pre-loaded myself against um, or inoculated myself against pursuing fame mm-hmm. for that reason or even mm-hmm. <laughs> even a label deal because I was just like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do it myself because I can control the cost of it. Right. I can personally invest in it and then nobody else loses their shirt or their house or you know anything if I only have to sell a thousand units total to no, break even true. on the project like the whole cost of the project I think the really important thing is that Shannon McDally is doing something she likes to do yes that's the imp- Shannon if you're listening if you somehow listen to this I just wanted to let you know uh, I'm single and uh, <laughs> she's cute I have a really fun picture of her she's very sh- she's much shorter than I am oh she's a little tiny wee person You can edit that out, right? <laughs> we'll, f- we'll fix that in post. It's so funny because I... The, okay, stop laughing. The last thing I remember... It's not that funny, man. It is funny. It is funny. The last okay. thing I remember about that show... First of all, I played really well. Mm-hmm. But she had obviously been schooled in a way that I haven't about how to apply makeup. Oh. Her makeup looked great. Like, she looked, looked like a regular person. <laughs> Yours was a mess. It was, it's just, I don't know what I'm doing. Lipstick on your nose. No, just like you you learn some t- tips and techniques when you get it done by other people about what works with your face and highlighting the features that you want to highlight. Mm-hmm. And so she looked like a regular person and, and pretty, but then she left the room. She's like, I have to go do my makeup. And she came back and she looked fantastic. She looked like she had been made up and she had done it herself. Um, but somebody took a picture of us. And it's so funny because like I am probably, I would say like at least five inches taller than her. And... I just, some time ago, I got over the idea that I should ever, like, you know, try to get closer to people in pictures that are Uh much shorter. And so it's just, like, looks like giant me and, like, little Shannon McNally. And I'm like, and you can totally, like, like I'm about to eat her for breakfast. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. Oh, Uh, those halcyon days. Ah, the days of innocence. Yes. So, I don't know. So, wow. That's a good story. Yeah. But I, that's probably what I would have ended up writing in my essay. I would have written about that experience with Shannon yeah. McNally. Yeah. I would have looked up her um, trajectory and that's seen good. what's happening with her. Yeah, I'm sure she's doing pretty well. She's following her bliss. She is, you know what? When you follow your bliss and you are um, broke and have no money and are depressed, it just means that you're not following, you're not blissing hard enough. You gotta, you gotta bliss out harder, Juan. You need to, uh, you need to bliss a lot harder than you are. <laughs> you know, my cousin Donnie, he got some, uh, he got some pretty hardcore, like one hundred percent China white bliss, God. and all. Uh, I tell you what, our beautiful. So never the sorry same. for the the two to three people that listen to this maybe multiple times because that's what I suspect is happening when it says we have thirty views. Um, <laughs> is that it's like the same cup like. 10 people watching it listening to it twice because they got zoned out or fell asleep or passed out <laughs> during it and they're like oh i missed this oh yeah it wasn't important um oh yeah it wasn't important i can't believe i don't know the safe word anymore for yeah you for know grim's maryland voice <clears throat> uh i failed you yeah well what are you gonna do i have a question for you that's totally random oh boy have you, have you ever used this shampoo head and shoulders a product on the market <laughs> uh well yeah a long time ago i have been staying not at my home because of extenuating circumstances for a few days mm-hmm. and i was just like oh this was in the the spare room that i'm staying in and um it's I, not a very good shampoo no offense to the person who you're staying no with it's him. okay no it's not it's not his shampoo it was okay. just in the spare room somebody probably left it okay so i was like i'll give it a try whatever i don't Ooh. have dandruff you do now. <laughs> oh my God! What is in that stuff? I was driving out here, and my scalp felt like it was on fire. I had the sunroof open because I was like, something bad is happening, like right in the middle of the top. And I was just like, this is not good because I have a big show coming up. And I was like, I don't want to shave my head, or like this chunk of hair falls out on the very top. It hurts so bad. I I will never use that product again. Yeah, I wouldn't. And like it didn't like make my hair beautiful and bouncy. Anything um, that comes out like milk of uh, magnesia doesn't. Not, I mean, it's like that. It's like really thick, light blue, isn't it? Or is it like a kind of like a deep. What aqua? is in there that hurts so bad? It hurt me. Like I thought I was gonna have to like before I left the house to come here. I was just like, 
maybe I should like take another shower and like wash my hair again because it was so ten. It's better now, but it's only because of like 45 minutes of driving with the sunroof up and like the wind blowing through it <laughs> cooled it off. It was on fire. <laughs> fire. Don't nobody ever use that product. It's terrible. If you see me in a couple of weeks and there's like a big chunk of hair missing from the top of my head because it fell off in the night. If that happens, I'm going to make a tiny little wig for myself a out t- of it. A tiny wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, oh. Yes. All right. Oh, so speaking of CDs and economy and yes. trying to make money, I was thinking about this show. I have a, I'm playing at the Millennium Stage at the Kennedy Center in a couple weeks. Oh, that's and right. Big, in the contract, big gig. Yeah, it is a great gig. I'm looking forward to it. I got it um, because I would originally play there as a Strathmore and artist residence. Um, they give you a gig on the Millennium Stage the year that you're an artist in residence. And then you have to wait a couple of years and come back. So I thought this would be cool to a cool year to come back. And um, I got it. And, um, but, and in the contract, I can, there's a 14 page contract to read. There's a two page liability waiver and, um, video, uh, waiver. And then there's a, you got to fill out their stage plot and, oh, there's a document I haven't, didn't finish. I just realized there's another one I haven't do. So that reading a 14 page contract, because you want to read it, you want to know what's going on, but that's a huge amount of time. And because they do 365 days a year shows there, they pay um, a stipend per musician, and it is not very high mm-hmm. because they have bands that are coming in that are like seven musicians, you right. know. So it it can end up being an expensive gig, but for me, it's just me. So I was like, "What? That seems really low for <laughs> the fact that I need to drive to DC." Right. Get there at four. Be there for the show six to seven. Think of all the exposure you're drive gonna home. Get. Um, all the exposure. Read the fourteen-page contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is going to be great exposure. But this is the thing. Hire that Shannon McNally to come out and do your makeup. <laughs> My makeup. Um, I. This is what I was thinking about. I have made the set list. I've been practicing it because it needs to be an hour mm-hmm. exactly, and so I've been practicing it with banter and trying to to get ready for the show, and. I was like, oh, a lot of these songs are on an album called Please Don't Sell the Piano that is out of print now. I sold my last copy like three months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not printing any more CDs, so why would I print that one? <clears throat> and I was just like, oh, no. Am I going to miss an opportunity there? Because it's a 500-seat, I think 250 or 500-seat hallway that is in front of the Millennium Stage. And mm-hmm. people attend these shows because they go early before the evening show. And it's also free to the public. Mm-hmm. So I was like, am I missing an opportunity here to sell CDs and I have to sit there and do this balance of like, well, if I want to get some printed in sleeves, I got to spend probably 10 hours finding the old files, Mm -hmm. going to Oasis, getting a rush Mm -hmm. job done, having a hundred copies printed, Mm -hmm. have them ready to go. And am I going to sell them or am I going to be stuck again in the same position that I was before, which was just like, this album is six years old and I have an idea. uh, What's your idea? I have an idea. The idea is this. It's radical. Become an organic farmer. <laughs> Become a Somalian dirt farmer. Okay. Um, no, I. Uh, my suggestion is, since most of them are on the "Don't Sell the Piano," you know, you know, do um, do a Bandcamp download card for a free copy of it. Okay. And then, you know, on the on the card that you print out, whatever, like, you know, hey, here's a, a free record, but please buy something else maybe because yeah. people don't buy stuff. And getting them to go somewhere is really difficult. Like directing yep. them to your website, it's like... And asking them to take that second step, totally. Yeah. So maybe if they, maybe, you know, of course this is all maybe. I'm but, trying to think creatively about it because I even thought like I don't, I'm not even in the in the course of the stories that I'm going to tell between the songs, I'm not even introducing the titles of the songs. So I was just like at the merch table, I need to have a list of here's the millennium stage Kennedy Mm -hmm. center set. And you can go to this link and get all of those songs. Um, Yeah. When I did, um, when we played hot August blues, um, I had an iPod, an iPod listening station. Oh, cool. That, um, had our set list with the images of each of the records next to the set. Uh, next oh, to the, the song. song yeah and so they could you know color code it and so they could find it and then that was also it had the cover thing going through on the ipod as well 
Okay. So when they were listening, if they put on the listen to the song or they skipped through the song, it was because it was on repeat. Yeah. So they could just cycle through it and find the song that they want. We sold one record. So you you, you <laughs> put all of that time easy. and energy into a really creative idea for yeah. the audience and then sold one record. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I remember if I told you I played a gig at the Friends of Patterson Park in Baltimore several years ago, and I'm sold i don't know maybe a couple of cds or whatever but two different people came up to me because spotify was relatively new Uh and said i really love the show it's amazing great voice blah blah blah. i while you were playing i looked you up on spotify so i'll just like play play there there, yeah and i was like oh no well you know spotify i mean you you you'll get um point zero 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 one three five cents per spin even that not even that. Girl, you're fast tracking it. Woo, I can what? afford I can afford real eggs. Wait, wait a moment, you've been eating the fake eggs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Those plastic ones you get in the Easter basket oh. after they get discarded with no more chocolate. Yeah, man. Okay, so Okay, yes. We are I think we've discussed some money stuff. We have. We're doing we're doing fine. I don't even know how long we've been working on this one today. Who knows? There's no way of knowing. There's absolutely no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, 41 minutes. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about the fact that, like, up until now, we have not featured any of our own music, but... That's correct. We have not. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why we're not famous. (laughs) Ha ha ha, just kidding. (laughs) We're not even using our own platform correctly. Yes. So... Last night, because of extenuating circumstances that caused both of us to not to, like, just the topic too was confusing. We did not do our essays. I also suggested that we feature a June Star song, which is Andy Grimm's band, Long Suffering Band. Long Suffering. <laughs> that's that's why people didn't show up to the shows because my description wasn't funny enough. Yes. Or they um, didn't think I was being funny. Like, <laughs> they're on Melaquar uh, did not think I was being funny. Really? He's like. Because uh, uh, Ryan Finneran had posted it on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, then Theron's like, what does long suffering mean? And I, 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 was like, I was like, well, I probably shouldn't leave that hanging. And I responded something like, uh, um, <clears throat> that's right, Meg. Hi, Meg. Um, I responded, I don't think I was in a good place when I wrote this bio. <laughs> Which, of course, was, you know, I, I said a lot of awful things. Um, not, they're not awful, but they're just self-deprecating and... Yeah. You know, because you get tired of writing bios and all that shit. Well, and also, I get tired of it. If you say any one negative, like slightly like bad thing, or you, um, I've had promoters, like sometimes when I was heavily using my booking guy, like email and be like, is Ellen Cherry okay? Yeah. <laughs> She's, she didn't seem as chipper as normal. And it's just like, give me a break. Anyway, so we're going to feature um, one of Grimm's song yes. from his band, June Star, from their upcoming album, because this is important. He has a brand new album called East on Green that is going to be um, celebrated on April 27th. 27th at the... Not Sure Yet. Okay, at the Not Sure Yet, which we're, is not the TBD. We're hoping for The Strand. Oh, that's right. The Strand Theater. Yes. So we also need to exchange that information. We're going to work on that today, too. Um, So you're going to be listening in just a few moments to June Star doing... He's All Right. Yeah. And they played this song on Thursday, and it's really good. And I think that this song should be famous and that we should listen to it right now. (laughs) Oh, shit. Way to go, Meg. Good work, buddy. I love how he just looks at it like... I did that. You'll clean that up, right, lady?
closer to the mic. Oh, God. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, that song is so good. I love it. It's such a good song. What is it about? Oh, well, it's about this guy. Yeah. And uh, he's anything but all right. Yeah. Um, the record is <clears throat> really about... Um, people who share the same geographical location as me yeah and um but it's also kind of like a looking at you know uh behaviors or patterns of things that people do and you have this guy who's doesn't you know care about it like he's great he's not crazy crazy but he's like oh, nothing really matters much yeah so he's the guy who you know, is doing 45 miles per hour in a parking lot. Yeah. He's the guy who will cut you off and doesn't really seem to care about anything else except for whatever he's going to do, whatever he wants. It's like this kind of like, I don't know, id kind of like person. And yeah. You just kind of wonder like, man, what is wrong with that person? And it's he, all id, no ego. Right. No and, super ego. Yeah. And if and if you, you know, and if, and if you're like, are you okay? But yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. You know, it's no big deal. And it's, just, it's somebody who steals, you know, steal $100 to get by. I never walk when I can ride. Yeah. You know, there's <clears throat> there have been several people in my life that I've I've worked with who are like that. There's one guy that, I was working with. Um, They'll just make a new friend. That's the. That's a lot easier. They're like cell phone companies. They're just like the new customer. Well, is and, more important than retaining your and, regular customer. And friend is a very. I don't know if that's a good word to use. Yeah. Because these these aren't friends. Like, they just kind of use up resources and like a locust. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy. I worked with. This is like maybe the first time I ever encountered it. Um, I worked with him at. Uh, Harvard Community College and he was he was younger than me and you know we we're you're on these riding mowers these big like I was I was riding on a Kubota 2400 FS triple deck mower and you're on these big mowers and you're you remember like <clears throat> I take my job seriously the maker and the model of course um and uh he had um and I'd been there for like a this is my second year there, so I already had like a like a second. This is my second summer there, so I already had like established like, you know, I know my job and and yeah. All this other, and I was I was just a kid. I'm like I was like 21 or whatever. It was, who cares? You know, it was my summer job, so I show up on time and I do my job and then I you know yeah. But and and the whole thing about mowing in the summertime there is like you know it was a slow process and you're just you're on you're just doing loops or whatever. And uh, I remember I remember him getting on a. He wanted to ride the the mowers too, and so he he jumped on one to show the boss that he could do it, and he just throttled that thing. And I was I was trying to mow a I was mowing a patch of of this field, and he comes swooping in around me, and like mows the portion I was mowing, and then he's like, <laughs> and I know I know what I'm about to say, and you'd be like, oh, what's the safe word, but. He was like, yeah, man, I just moved the fuck out of that, you know? What the fuck, man? You're too slow. You snooze, you lose, dude. And I looked at him, and I was like... <laughs> it's not, you're like, it's not a competition. I was like, I was like all right, bud, whatever. <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> That's what, basically what I... I was like, all right. All right. Um, but he only lasted like a week and a half. Yeah. Because um, he banged a whole bunch of equipment up, and also, you know, he seemed like he was on drugs half the time. And he was just running through it and using people. And he was, yeah. And that was that was his deal. So that's a... You were getting down, buddy. Sorry. It's okay. Meg is always trying to jump into sound engineer mode. Yeah, he's he's like, well, you know, we really need to pull back that uh, 2.5K. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2.5K, sorry. That's okay, dude. Um, There's too much 2.5 cats in this. Yes. 2.5 cats. That's ridiculous. <laughs> So, but that's what that the song's kind of like that kind of character, and and, yeah. and this record's kind of pretty different than all the other records I've done. So it's it's very um, cohesive and a certain set of voices. It's in um, concept. Yes, it's it is concept. concept. Is this your first concept album? I guess you could say that. Congratulations. Thank you. 
excited you. for you. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it's kind of a scary idea to me. Because I could always get by with writing songs that have kind of vague references to my own failures and relationships. Yeah. With like, you know, semi-poetry. Yeah. And some cool sounding guitars. But uh, this one's a little bit, this one's a little bit Somebody more. Somebody like, suggested at your show that you should be putting out books of poetry. Like you should be putting out your books of lyrics. They did. As poetry. Which means that you would be in the same bookshelf as Jewel. Ooh. Jewel, if you're listening, I'm single. And I will make and smiley ready faces. to mingle. I will make smiley faces with your yoke. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jewel. I will respect you as a human being. <laughs> Isn't she going out with an astronaut or something or a hockey player? I don't know. She was, who knows? I don't know. No, she married, um, she like. Ma- she married a rodeo dude for yeah, a while. Yeah, it was a rodeo Texas, guy. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that was a, that uh, magnetic field song. Papa was a rodeo. Mama was a rock and roll band. I learned to rope, rope a steer and play guitar before I learned to stand. <laughs> I love the magnetic field. It's, it's so great. It's a great tune. Mm, we should feature a Stephen Merritt. Yeah. He's, he, needs, he needs all the help he can get. He's not famous enough. No, of course not. So, well, thank you for suggesting that we uh, we we feature a June Star song. I guess that means that we have to reciprocate. And no, there doesn't have to be reciprocity. Oh, I think there should be because you played the other night. Um, was it I Gave Up My Life for Drugs? What was that song? Oh, I don't remember the title of it, but that was from a long time ago. Yeah, That was one of the first Ellen Cherry songs uh, that it's I heard. It's not. First of all, that hurts my feelings because somebody that cared about me used to make fun of that song. Gave up my life of drugs. No, no. Are you talking about me? No, I'm not talking oh. about you. No. Who made fun of that? It doesn't matter. Wait a second. It's a painful memory. Oh, painful memory. No, it's not a painful memory, but it's just stupid memory. Like, who cares? Anyway, yeah. that's so not the what line. So what anymore, man? Yeah, I'm over you. Whatever, dude. It's years ago. I'm totally over it. <laughs> it's like 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm totally not thinking about it all the time, writing about it in my diary. Okay. <laughs> if my scalp was on fire, that's all I could think of. <laughs> my scalp is not on fire anymore. Thank you. Now it's your soul. Thank you, Breeze. No, um, you. I don't want to feature that song. Okay. I like that song. I know, but like that song. song came out on an you album in 1997. Night. You yeah. played it the other night. I know, but I don't have any modern recordings of it. And Oh, I do. You do the Dizzy Pleasure Dizzy Club. Dizzy Pleasure Club. That's where I first heard it. Yeah. That's right. That's a good. That's a great song. Thanks. Maybe yep. we could play that one. I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean you you can choose though. I mean don't. I chose me. this one for you though. This is one I suggested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll think about it over the week and I'll okay. pick one and we'll do it next week. Yeah. So as soon as we finish this, we are going to um, work on our tour stuff. Work on our tour stuff. Right. So, um, are we lacking any dates still that we're trying to fill? <clears throat> Dallas, yeah. Dallas, Dallas. Come on, Dallas. Uh, Dallas, Nashville. That's, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Because it, it's just getting so, I mean, I'm going to open mics maybe. Yeah. That's where we're going to look. Meg, what, what could you possibly want, dude? Just, he wants everything. He, want it. he wants it all. He wants it all. The world is not enough. Are we quoting Bond now? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those two also the St. Louis, oh no, 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 we got that Springfield, Illinois. We got that, uh, Ralph yes. playing for his parents. Yes. Um, speaking of tour support, tour support, nice. that, is, that is tour support. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Good. No, 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 no that is it. Are we continuing our podcast after the tour is over? Well, you know, that's a really good question. We should think about it. Because, because then, like, is it really only going to be, like, that... I mean, the, are the old... just that moment. Are, are those... Uh, one moment in time. I don't know, is that a Disney film? Um, da, 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 da. Who sings that? I can't help falling in love. It sounds like that. Talk for a minute because I want to look at who this is. Because I can't believe I forgot. Um, I think it's a Whitney Houston song. Oh. One She's doing great things. In time. She's going to make a huge splash. <laughs> oh, no. Song by Whitney Houston. It's terrible. I want one moment in time when I'm more than I thought I could be when all of my dreams are a heartbeat away and the answers are all up to me. Ugh. 
Such a good song. <sighs> no, it's so good. At least I didn't sing again. Tale as old as time. <sighs> True as it can be. Barely even friends. No, I'm getting then cramps. somebody bends. Oh, should I lost the tune? <laughs> Then somebody bends unexpected. <laughs> Let's just fudge that note. Unexpectedly. <laughs> Let's give you a mulligan on it. Give me a mulligan on that note. I, hey, <laughs> yeah. edit that one out. Yeah. No, I'm accentuating that one too. <laughs> All right, friends. Okay. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna work. We're gonna do some work. We're gonna, but we're, maybe we'll keep the podcast going because I have to be honest. I have actually. It's been a little bit of a lifeline for a while for me. And it's well, been I think fun. we should take. A, I, I think it's, we we agreed a 24 episode yeah. podcast. Now, of course, we've paid for the website. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the website. Um, if we do, if we do, well, I, you, I think I'm we just should... worried that the old episodes will be irrelevant because they mentioned the tour at the end and then the tour will have already happened. No, I think that's okay. I think we'll, we'll couldn't we still do like, you know, sort of live updates on what? Uh, okay. Okay. So here we go. You're are. thinking on the fly. I'm thinking. Okay. Here's me. I love it. Boom, I love right watching here, you think. Right up here. Right up here. <laughs> um, but what is it? Why couldn't we then do um like pictures and like maybe i know no this is going to be old school but do a cd type of thing that goes in like one of those printed photo books so if somebody buys the if somebody's going to listen to the podcast they could purchase a picture book of our tour okay with um with uh a cd that has our, some of our live performances from each of the cities okay and then so therefore like they or we could put it on bandcamp too i suppose but then, then they have something like you know to support us on our next type of thing. So if you're gonna listen to the podcast, well, here's what here's what the tour ended up being, and try to get them to do get people to listen to it sequentially. Okay. Interesting. Well, you don't think that's a good idea? I think it's a good idea. You hate me. I just think that like, why wouldn't we continue making them afterwards? No, I'm not saying we wouldn't. I'm I'm saying like for for that portion, but oh, but gotcha. then we have a second season because this I'm considering this to be a season. Oh, nice. Okay. And then we have to. It's why aren't you, it's why aren't you famous? You know, this time it's personal or, you know, then we, you know what we could do? We could go over the budgets <laughs> of our daily lives. That would be exciting. What would be exciting? The, we, bu- we, the budget <laughs> of our daily lives. Yeah, we we could call up. Uh, we could call up my tax guy Kevin, and have him come over and and talk about like IRS stuff and. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, I think that the next season should involve a murder. <laughs> so which one of us is gonna die? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the second season would be. That's well, true. Maybe we should think about that. We should probably think about that. Yeah. yeah. Because I've heard from listeners that the reason why they've been listening, part of the reason why they've been listening, is that they think that the topic is relevant. Yeah. And and has also, I mean, we've touched on this in in our discussions that like it's a way of us unpacking like what has happened to the country right what's happening in the cultures of the world of the western world as they <laughs> quickly much quicker than i expected right fall into chaos and, <laughs> and well maybe uh maybe a good idea would be that we to talk about it off air <laughs> maybe but come on i'm i'm i'm, I'm thinking here you're riffing i'm, I'm riffing i'm on i'm on fire and my scalp is on Your fire. Scalp is on fire. I'm head and shoulders all over this shit. <laughs> where, where, where? Uh, I don't need to see that make things, but he's showing me his posterior, um, posterior. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, he's, he's showing me his prostate. <laughs> okay, um, it's still happening. <laughs> this is the least um, famous of anything. But no, it's just the least oh, inhibited cat ever. He's just oh, like, he's I don't a, care. They don't care. There you go. Shame. What is that? Yes. Um, but uh, what if we, maybe next season, it's all about guests. We have guests on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. That would be fun. So we might have to do fewer podcasts, but if we did like, we're going to do a show with them. Yeah. And then we're going to have them on the podcast. Or we do a little show at the house with the podcast type of thing. Maybe Facebook Live type of thing. Cool. And then, and like then do a follow-up podcast to talk about those types of things. That might be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. And a murder. <laughs> and we solve a murder. And we solve a murder, yes. <laughs> a 30-year-old cold case. 
All right, we'll get cracking on that cold case. <laughs> so somebody go back in time, plant clues for us of the person you murdered so we can figure it out. Yeah, where's that Lindbergh baby? <laughs> it's more than 30 years. That's uh, that that right. that case is so cold it's froze. <laughs> N. N. So Ellen Cherry, if I were let's just say I was like some person <laughs> on the internet and I was looking to, I, was, I was like, you know, I really like that Helen Cherry girl. Ellen's Cherry. Yes. Whoa. I don't, you don't want to go to ellenscherry.com. No, that's how I was listed on the sign once and on Marquee. (laughs) My very first tour. (laughs) Oh my God, he's going to die. The murder is happening. Oh, should I just totally maxed out your mic? Sorry. That's okay. Um, You also revealed who did it. Um, Oh God. Ellen's Cherry? Yes. I have a picture of it somewhere. I showed up and I was like, oh man. It was like in Rhode Island or something. And I was like, oh Boy, people were expecting a different type of show that evening. It's not Ellen's Cherry. It's Ellen Cherry, you... You men. Suck a dick, dumb shit. Wow. (laughs) So anyhow... You can find me (laughs) if you're still listening after that foul language that I just delivered into the mic and also hilarious slam on the past. Um, At... EllenCherry.com And then um, when you're done there Well you don't even have to be done there You can click on the store page And it'll take you directly to EllenCherry.Bandcamp.com Where I have a subscription service for $4 a month As well as almost all of my entire discography I'm considering putting up I had an album that I wrote for a soundtrack for a film in 2003 that is not up there And I need to find a copy of it so I can put it up I know how that is It's called Redress if anybody has a copy of Redress that they want to mail me <laughs> so that I can put it up on my own site. Are you kidding me? This cat, this cat is the, he needs so much attention right now. <laughs> Just ripped my chair to shreds. Uh, he's good like that. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm in the <laughs> other room. See ya. <laughs> See ya until you try to do something important later. Okay, so Andrew Grimm. Yes. If I were like blindly stumbling around through the the beautiful meadow that is the internet. Yes, yes, yes. Where would I find you? Well, you'd have to click on my profile on OkCupid, and then. Uh, How would you? Oh well, because it's funny. Okay. Um, you would find me at uh, JuneStar.com, J-U-N-E-S-T-A-R.com, uh, and then you could also go to JuneStar.BandCamp.com where uh, you can do the forward slash subscribe and subscribe to my subscription service, which is $5 a month. It's worth more. I have a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. And I, I do post uh, songs every week. This year I'm doing all public domain songs. I'm up to 30 public domain songs. Wee. I know. I got caught up. I got I got behind by a week and a half, and then I got caught up. And so tomorrow I got I to gotta work on that tomorrow too, yeah. get my new one up. But... um. And then uh, in the year before, I did 52 original songs. Good. And uh, also, you can, starting February 1st, you can tune into FOM, FOM.org, F-A-W-M.org. Started by our friend Burr Settles. Burr Settles. Burr, it's cold in here. There must be some settles in this atmosphere. atmosphere. Right on. I said Burr. That's a, what a great film. Right? That's what we should watch tonight is bring it on. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's what we watch together exclusively is cheerleading movies. I'm not, I'm not confirming that. <laughs> or denying it. Eh. Not confirming or denying. This is good practice for season two. The Bring It On Murders. <laughs> what is wrong with you? All right. So, anyhow. I'm working on my enemies list. Right on. Right, it's getting... Getting longer you know, by the minute. By the minute of this podcast. <laughs> okay, well, folks, until next week. See you later. See ya. Bye bye. Can't kiss them like that. Yeah, I can I kiss you? Thanks. Mm-hmm.